today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Spiritual pride. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the main reasons that Christians are attracted to legalism, this would have to be it. And the reason is because legalism is fueled by spiritual pride. And it appeals to the sin nature and provides one with this sense of spiritual superiority. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. Today, Pastor J.D. will explain how there's a tendency for believers to turn back to good deeds and living by rules instead of trusting God's grace and following Him in humility. One main reason for this is spiritual pride, viewing yourself as a better Christian than someone else. Let go of that pride and humbly walk with God. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We're currently in the book of Hebrews. Join with us in chapter 12. Pick it up today, verse 18. Lord willing, make it through to verse 24. The writer of Hebrews by the Holy Spirit writes, beginning in verse 18, You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded. Even if an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was, verse 21, so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, verse 24, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks to a better word than the blood of Abel. That's pretty self-explanatory. We can just close in prayer. I think we all understand. (laughs) Let's pray. If you would join with me, please. Father in heaven, we have admittedly before us a passage of Scripture that requires the Holy Spirit be our teacher and our guide. Because unless you give us eyes to see and teach us and show to us that which you desire to minister to us, we're going we're gonna to miss it. 
And our time together today in your word is going to be a waste of time. I don't think there's anybody here that wants that to happen. We also need the Holy Spirit to settle our hearts. And as only you can, Lord, enable us to give you our undivided attention so that our minds don't wander and get distracted and we start thinking about something else. And in so doing, we again miss what it is that you have for us today. Lord, we're here today because we are a needy people. We are hungry and we are thirsty for you, knowing that only you can satiate that hunger and that thirst. Lord, we need to be fed. And your word is that which feeds us as the bread of life. Because man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of your mouth, O God. And such is the case with the text before us today. So Lord, would you speak? Speak in that still, small, refining voice of the Holy Spirit into our lives. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So I want to talk with you today about legalism, really the dangers of legalism, and more specifically as it relates to the reason that there's even this temptation, I'll say even seduction, to go backwards into legalism. And here's why. The writer of Hebrews in our text today draws this stark contrast, that's really an understatement, between Mount Sinai, the law, and Mount Zion, grace. Why? Because, as we saw last week, he is exhorting these Hebrew Christians dealing head-on with the issues that they were facing. And clearly, as we can tell from what we saw last week, the number one issue that the writer of Hebrews by the Holy Spirit had to deal with was that of bitterness. And now he turns a corner and deals with another very serious issue. And it's this serious issue of legalism. So dangerous, so destructive, and I'll add, so deadly. This is life and death serious, as we're about to see. I'm hoping in our time together today to address this issue, because it is an issue as it was for them then, so too for us now. There seems to be this draw. There's something innate within us that's attracted to legalism. And I want to talk about that as well. But first, because these Hebrew Christians were being tempted, I'll even say pressured, by their friends to go back to Judaism, and as such go back into legalism. He draws this contrast between the law and grace. Mount Sinai, when the law came down, 
and Mount Zion when the Holy Spirit came down. Let's look at this list first. Mount Sinai represents the law, the Ten Commandments, whereas Mount Zion represents grace. Sinai had Moses as the mediator, whereas Zion, Jesus, our greater than Moses, whom Moses is a type of, and who Moses points to as the ultimate and final mediator, the Messiah. Mount Sinai is the Old Covenant. Mount Zion is the fulfillment of the Old Covenant vis-a-vis the New Covenant in His blood. Sinai was exclusion. We just got done reading. Even if an animal were to get anywhere close in proximity and dare even touch that mountain, they were dead. And so too with anyone else except Moses. Whereas with Zion is the antithesis of exclusion, its inclusion. Sinai was fear, fear and trembling. But Zion is love, love and acceptance. Sinai, terror. Zion, forgiveness. Sinai, earthly. Zion, heavenly. Sinai, guilty. Zion, righteous. Not our own righteousness. I mean, we are guilty. We've all sinned. It's Christ's imputed righteousness. But see, I need the law to show me me, that I'm a sinner, that I'm guilty of sinning against God, transgressing His law. And we're told that the law serves its purpose in taking me by the hand like a tutor at school to the Savior. Because now I've, I've seen my true condition in the mirror of God's law. And is that not what God's Word does? It's a mirror. James, he talks about being a doer of the Word. Not just a hearer. The hearer of the Word sees himself in the perfect mirror of God's law, and he walks away and he forgets what he looks like. That's what God's Word is. That's what God's law is. We, we open this up and it's, it's a mirror, and it shows me, me. Huh. Right? <laughs> Every morning when I look in the mirror, I just think, oh. <laughs> so true is the Scripture that outwardly we decay day by day. There's more decay every day. Thank you, God, that inwardly we're renewed day by day in the Spirit. But what do we do when we look in the mirror? Just give me a moment on this. It's going to be germane to our understanding of this stark contrast. But what do we do when we see ourselves in the mirror? We make corrections, right? Oh, there's hair where there shouldn't be, and no hair where there used to be, and I need to shave this, and brush that, and comb this, and wash that, and I'll I'll just leave it there. I won't get too... uh, (laughs) But I mean, we do something about what we're seeing. And so too does 
this hold true when it comes to Mount Sinai and the law. It serves as a mirror. And we see us as God sees us guilty. And that should propel us to Zion, where we find Jesus Christ and His imputed righteousness because of our guilt. Sinai, lastly, represented the blood of animals, but Zion, the once and for all sacrifice, was represented by the blood of Christ. Can I uh, ask you to join me in Romans chapter 8? You know about Romans 8, right? If you don't know about Romans 8, you need to know about Romans 8. It's one of the greatest chapters in all of God's Word, especially for anyone who has any kind of doubt about how much God loves them. Especially for those who think that somehow God is distant from them, maybe even through with them, mad at them. You need to spend some time in Romans 8. Because Paul, in no uncertain terms, by the power of the Holy Spirit, (laughs) makes it very clear. God loves you, man. And there's nothing or no one that can separate you from the love that God has for you. Well, verses 1 and 2, right out of the shoe. Listen to this. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation, no guilt to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law, listen very carefully, verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and death. When writing to the Corinthians in his second epistle, chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, he says, such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, law, but of the Spirit. Here's why. For the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. You know what's interesting? That's exactly what happened when the law came down. Exodus 32 verse 28 tells us that about 3,000 people died. That's when the law came down. Fast forward to Acts chapter 2 verse 41. When the Spirit of God came down, about 3,000 got saved. Let me try that again. (laughs) The law kills. The Spirit gives life. The law comes down at Mount Sinai, 3,000 dead. The Holy Spirit comes down at Zion, 3,000 saved. Doesn't get any clearer than that. So why do you want to go back to legalism? I'm not trying to be, I don't have to try. (laughs) It just comes very naturally, thank you very much. I'm not wanting to be snarky or rude or obnoxious, but 
I mean, that's a, that's a fair question, isn't it? I think we would do well to ask it, and I include myself in that. What is it, knowing this about the law and grace, the law and the Holy Spirit? I mean, the contrast, death, life, fear, love, guilt, forgiveness. I mean, isn't that a no-brainer? This should be a closed case. This should be a non-issue. Why is it an issue? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) If you'll kindly allow me to, I want to take and tackle that question. Why is it? What And what is it? What is it about legalism and going back to the law that's so attractive to us as Christians? Why is it so tempting? Why are Christians, in effect, seduced, if I can use that word, back into legalism, when this is what the law represents? Well, I have three reasons. There's more, but three. Starting with this first one, which is the main one, spiritual pride. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the main reasons that Christians are attracted to legalism, this would have to be it. And the reason is because legalism is fueled by spiritual pride. And it appeals to the sin nature and provides one with this sense of spiritual superiority. Because see, now I fancy myself as being better than you. I think more highly of myself than I ought. And I look down at you, because you have a TV? I got rid of my TV. Hey, please don't misunderstand me. If, If that's something God is impressing upon your heart to get rid of your TV, then you would be well, do well to be found faithful getting rid of your TV. I don't have a TV. I have like 12. (laughs) And so, (laughs) so what, am I less spiritual than you? In fact, you know, it could be argued that the opposite is true. Ask Paul when he writes to the Corinthians, the weaker brother who stumbled because they're younger in the faith and more easily stumbled by those things, whereas we're going to, I'm getting ahead of myself, we're going to talk more about this. Those who grow in grace and mature in Christ were the stronger Christian. But isn't it true when you encounter someone who's just full of themselves, full of pride, and (laughs) we're not just talking pride here. We're talking spiritual pride. It's been said that pride is at the center of all sin. As one has so aptly noted that the letter I is right smack in the middle of the word pride. And so too is the letter I right smack in the middle of the word sin. 
And so too is the letter I right smack in the middle of Lucifer, who exalted himself before Almighty God in heaven, saying, I will ascend my throne above the Most High. I will. I. I. It's at the core. It's the fuel in the tank. And that's why it's so appealing. Because everything in our flesh chafes at humility. And like a magnet to steel is attracted to anything that would give us that sense of spiritual pride. And I mean it manifests. I'm not going to go into all the examples, because I'm getting way too convicted. So we're going to move on to number two. But <laughs> spiritual deception. This is roommates with spiritual pride. Legalism is rooted in spiritual deception, which comes packaged with the lie from the father of lies that our relationship with God is based on our merit. Now please stay with me. This is the one part the enemy does not want you to hear. Because he has so many Christians deceived, and they have believed that it's a meritorious relationship with the Lord. And that is the deception of deceptions. Here's what that looks like. We can be deceived and believe that we have to do something to merit the favor and the blessing of God. See, legalism says, do, do, do. Grace says, done, done, done. There's nothing you have to do. But see, that's the deception. You think it's that easy? I mean, you can just hear the voice now, right? I don't know what it sounds like to you. I can tell you what the enemy's always trying. I've been walking with the Lord for almost 40 years, and this is still a daily fight of faith, where the enemy's do, 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 do. <laughs> no, just sorry. I'm sorry. I did not mean to do that. That's what it is, though, is do, do. But I digress. That's legalism. Because of what you didn't do, or conversely, even because of what you did do. Ooh. Oh, that's my relationship with the Lord now? So my relationship with the Lord is predicated upon what I do or don't do? Well, that ain't good. Because what that means is that I only am in relationship with the Lord when I'm doing good. 
We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Throughout much of this book, Jesus is mentioned as the great high priest. Aren't you glad that you can go directly to him with your troubles? There's no need for an intermediary person to bridge the gap. Jesus became that bridge when he died on the cross. If you'd like to know or understand more about this concept, we encourage you to go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com and look for the resources tab. Under that, there's a link to the ABCs of salvation. This provides an in-depth overview of what it means to believe that Jesus died for your sins and saves you from a life and eternity without him. Hebrews simply touches on the fact that Jesus fulfilled all the things that were promised in the Old Testament. It's like when you're reading a spy novel and you're given clues earlier on, but then it all makes sense in the end. Would you like to connect with others in their faith walk? If you're not currently part of a church, join us at Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. We meet on Sundays at 8.30, 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. You can find directions at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you might be interested in some additional teachings by Pastor J.D., including his Mideast Prophecy Updates. This is an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this current time in the world's history. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll join Pastor J.D. for the next edition as we learn more valuable things from the book of Hebrews right here on In Spirit and Truth. To 